So we are going to be continuing our message, right, that we started last week. And so we started a new message talking about what? Anybody remember? About forever family. Y'all, I love Sunday mornings. It's my favorite day of the week because I get to come and hang out with y'all, with, with you guys, right? You are our forever, you are my forever family. You are a part of Xander's forever family. It's where we come, we grow, we stretch, we learn about the Lord. We come together and we do life together, right? It excites me. It's why, it's why I'm passionate about the things I'm passionate about. It's why I do the things I do, right? It's, it's why I raise my family the way that I, I love my family. And so we're going to continue that message and really talk about the importance of having a forever family, a church that you can call home, a home church. I hope and pray that Liberty Church is your home church. If Liberty Church is your home church, go ahead and say amen this morning. Amen. That, that blesses me. And, and if you're on the fence, maybe checking it out, trying to figure out, I hope and pray that the Holy Spirit will get on you today. Uh, and you know what? And if, if Liberty Church is not your home, you don't feel at home here, I will personally help you find a home church. A lot of pastors might not even say that. I want you to be going where you feel called to go, you know, because I know the importance of being connected to a forever family. Right? You can't, you can't underestimate uh, the value of being a part of the kingdom of God and, and being used in your gifts and in your talents and knowing that I have people that know the real me and that I can be the real me around and that will pray for me, will encourage me and help me along, along life's journey, right? And life is full of bumps <laughs> and ups and downs. Right? And so we need to surround ourselves with like-minded believers that can, can do that, right? A forever family is a place where, where I'm accepted, where I can grow, where I can be myself, and where I can learn about the Lord. And that's what we're going to do today. Okay, so we're going to continue our message. Just look at that, that first uh, scripture this morning. It's our foundational scripture that we use to, to, to build this whole message, right? And if you are trying to build a spiritual foundation, you know where you have to start. It's this, right? The Word of God. You can't build something that's going to stand on a good idea. You can't build something that's going to stand on on a post you find on social media, if you're trying to build a stronger spiritual foundation, it has to be built on this, right? The Word of God. So that's where we're going to start. Is that okay with everybody? Ephesians 1, 4 through 5. This is, this is where we get this promise of, of the forever family that God has given you and me. Okay, at verse 4 it says, Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family. That's the thing that I want us to get today. That's the thing. That's the promise. That's the message. That's the statement. That's the sentence that I want to stick to us this morning, that God has chose you in advance to adopt us into what? His own family. If you haven't underlined that, highlighted that already in your Bible, please do so. Don't forget that promise of God. He has chosen to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. God has forever chosen and adopted us. You can't change his mind. He can't veto what he's done. It's forever finished on the cross, right? What did Jesus say? He said, amen, it is finished. Uh, anyone who will come see and hear and believe in the truth of what that means on the cross, he, has a, he and she has a forever family waiting for them. 
that, that first point, the first recap point. So this is what we said last week. We said that every single person on the planet needs three things. We need God, love, and family. And in one mon monumental eternal act, God gave us all those three things through Christ. Every single person needs God. I put this in an order for a reason. Uh, it has to work this way. It has to trickle down from the top. We need God, we need love, and we need a family. And all three of those things work together to benefit our good and to benefit the blessings of God in our lives. And that's how it's supposed to work, right? There's no love, uh, no real, unadulterated, uh, unmanipulated love like the love from God. And so there's no love without him. So God, love, and a family, right? And those things work together when done correctly to help me uh, spiritually grow and flourish, not just in my life, but in my ministry and uh, the things that I'm doing. And so we need those three things. Let's look at John 3, 16 through 17. It says, for this is how God loved. There's two of our three things right there. God loved. Two out of three. For God loved the world, right? He gave his one and only son that everyone, somebody say everyone, who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world not to judge the world but to save the world through him. God saves the world by inviting us into his family. God so loved that he gave his son. And because of that gift, he is forever inviting anybody who wants to be a part of that forever blessing, of that forever adoption, that forever acceptance that, like I said, cannot be taken Back. And we all need that feeling of affirmation and love and acceptance in our lives because if, if we don't have that, we go looking and searching for those things in other places, other dangerous, somebody say dangerous, places, in the wrong relationships, in drugs, in alcohol, through escapism. However, I can escape my reality and my circumstances. Right, so let, look, let's look at that next recap point. And, and, and God knows this, and he sees this, and this is why Jesus had to come so that we're forever loved and forever accepted. And so God, he did the hard part. He went before us, and he did that. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Right, Because he knew that when the world rejects us, God, he still accepts us just the way that we are. We must simply just believe he has invited us and permanently adopted us into his forever family. And you got to know that the world will reject you. If it hasn't yet, just hold on. <laughs> it's coming. Because as soon as you can't give the world what the world wants, as soon as you don't look the way the world wants you to look, as soon as you don't sound and, and act like the way the world tries to conform you, manipulate you to do, they will uh, shun you. And now what? they're not going to just shun you. They're going to cancel you, right? <laughs> Uh, they're going to they're gonna can't try and cancel you and snuff your life out. And then you are left, if you don't have a, a, a home church, if you're not in a right relationship with Jesus, and let me say, the first step to you entering into a forever family is accepting that truth of who Jesus Christ is and who is, that he is the Savior. And if you haven't made that decision in your personal life, I promise you there's a moment today where you will get to do that. 
Okay, you can do that. That's where you have to start. He has to become Lord and Savior of your life. But if you don't have that forever family on top of a God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, when the world rejects you, it's a dangerous place. Some people don't make it out of it. We have people that are lost and alone and depressed and confused and angry. And God the whole time is just saying, come. Come. You tried everything else. Try me. Right? Give me a shot. See, a lot of us don't come to God on a winning streak. And I can personally testify to that. (laughs) I came to God crawling on my hands and knees through the dirt and the filth and the mud of my sin and my choices. And guess what? God didn't shun me and reject me the way the world does. I heard the Holy Spirit say, Ian, what took you so long? What took you so long? And I began to weep and break down. And guess what? God accepted me. (laughs) And I never would have thought that I would have a forever family, Liberty Church, all the way from Lansing, Michigan, waiting for me down in a place called Arab, Alabama. And that he was going to have a a campus uh, church waiting for me in Holly Pond, Alabama. And I'm so thankful. Amen, that I, that I had that moment of clarity that I came to my thoughts and I said, you know what, something's wrong. I need Jesus. I need God in my life, right? And so Jesus, he did that for us forever. Somebody say forever. And he can't take it back, right? John 15, um, 16 through 19, the beginning of our message, we're going to be in John a lot. And as our, we get to the new part today, we're going to be in Luke a lot. But so John 15, uh, 16 through 19, it says, you didn't choose me, I chose you, I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will be using my name. When the world rejects you, God still accepts you. Jesus says, I have chosen you, right? I personally have chosen you. I've given you a name. I've given you talents. I've given you gifts. I've given you a circle of influence that only you have that you can share the gospel in. And you can invite other people to come into the forever family, right? Verse 17, it says, this is my command. Love each other. If the world hates you, remember that it hated what? Me first. The world would love you as, a, uh, as one of its own if you belong to it, but you are no longer a part of the world. I chose you to come out of the world so it hates you. The world will reject you. If it rejected the Savior, the Messiah, it will reject you. You and Christ, here's the good news. He's called you out of the world anyway. Did y'all know this is only our temporary home? I know that uh, eternity in heaven kind of scares us a little bit because we don't know what it's going to look like. We don't know what it's going to feel like. But I know it's better than this place. Come on, somebody. See, but the thing is, I know how to live. I know how to operate. I know how to navigate through the rules and the rituals of this place, right? And see, I don't know how heaven's going to be, but I know one thing it's going to be. There's not going to be any tears, it says. There's not going to be any death, it says. There's not going to be any fear. And show me it's going to be nothing but awe and worship and love. And guess what? You're not going to be there alone. You're going to be there with your forever family. Are you going to be there? Or is Jesus going to say, depart from me, I never knew you. Those are going to be the worst, last words millions, thousands of souls are going to hear. Because the Bible says that the, 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 the way of the Lord is straight and narrow, right? To the narrow gate. And so, are you going to be there? I hope and pray that you are. I can see and look at faces here at Olivia Church campus, and I know we're going to be up there worshiping together. It's going to be amazing.
It's going to be amazing. John 16, 31 through 33. It says, do you now believe, Jesus replied, a time is coming, and in fact it has come, when you will be scattered each to your own home. You will leave me all alone. Yes, I am not alone, for my Father is with me. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world will have trouble, but take heart, I have what? Overcome the world. Anybody like some peace this morning? Some peace come Monday morning? Some peace come Tuesday morning? Some peace over your family, some peace over your ministry. That's why the world is the way that it is and it's getting crazier by the day. Nobody has any peace. I may confess peace on Sunday morning, but then when I go to work on Monday, I look nothing like I'm walking in peace. I don't act anything like I'm walking in peace. And you know why no believers, I'm not saying all believers are acting this way. There's a lot of Liberty Church Holly Pond folks living out in the world in peace. But there's a lot of lost people, they see us as believers and they think, why would I want to live for a God that you confess of and your life looks nothing like it, right? You look just as lost and weary as the rest of the world and angry and frustrated as the rest of the world. Why, why should I believe in this Jesus dude, right? And it's because we have forgot, a lot of people have forgot that he has forever overcome the world, the Bible says. Remember that your forever father has forever overcome the world overcome, your trials overcome, your tribulations overcome, whatever it is that the devil is trying to use to keep you down, right? And to stay down. Remind the devil who he is and tell him who your father is. Man, that he has forever overcome the world. That last point before we get to the new part of our message today. So there is nothing like the family of God. When you are a part of the kingdom, excuse me, the kingdom of God, it's forever. It's eternal. It's irreplaceable. It's invaluable, right? You can't put a price on having a home church where you know you can come, uh, expecting come just as you are, come to learn and grow about the word of God, uh, and, and to come and grow and, and worship God with, with people that you love and care about, right? There's nothing like the family of God. And as I shared a little bit last week, it's only by the grace of God uh, and the help of my church family that I, Ian, have gotten to where I've gotten to today in my life, right? That's all because of your help. And I hope and pray uh, that there are people here this morning that are where they are today because of their, the work of God in their lives and because of the church coming alongside them and helping, right, cultivate that growth that God wants to do. Anybody been through something tough and somebody through church has helped you through? Anybody? Some hands going up? Amen. Look at all the hands, right? That, that makes me happy. That makes me proud as a pastor to know that we are out there doing the work of the ministry, right? There's nothing like the family of God. And, and LCHP, Liberty Church Holly Pond, I'm going to try and start saying that. Y'all help me. Y'all say it too when we're walking around because Liberty Church Holly Pond is a lot to say. So if I can just say LCHP, and it sounds kind of cool. LCHP, right, uh, is a real place with real people uh, serving a real God, right? That's what I love about our church. It doesn't feel fake. I said last week, and guess what? You can't fake family. When you are at the dinner table with your family and everybody's looking around, we all know our junk, right? We all know the things that we've gone through, the things that we're going through. You can't fake family. And I love that you can just come through the doors of this church and be who you are. 
right? We are real people serving a real God in right relationship with him and with others. Amen? So let's look at that next point, your first new point on your outline for today. And so last week we kind of laid this out as we just went through it. And today I want to talk about, excuse me, the growth of God. So knowing that the kingdom of God is not this, this special uh, closed off group of people, that the kingdom of God is actually open to anybody who wants to come, right? And Liberty Church has been growing since day one. It continues to grow and our, our Holly Pond campus has continued to grow. COVID kind of threw a wrench in our, our, our plans a little bit. We still experienced growth this past year, praise God, right? I'm thankful. And so, but if we want to continue to see uh, our church grow, and you know, only healthy things grow. If it's healthy, it'll grow. If it's not healthy, it'll die. Uh, the church is no different. And so we have to know as believers and remind ourselves this point. Okay, if we want to see the kingdom of God flourish and grow, we have to remind ourselves this, that the family of God is not, somebody say not, a closed club. It is not a closed club, right? We're not to forget where we came from, where God has brought us to, right? It's an all-inclusive all, and all-accessible to anyone who decides to follow Jesus. As believers, we must be willing to accept and love others right where they are, just as God did for us. We have to remember this. We have to do these things. We have to love others where they currently are. We can see the potential in the life of what God wants to do in their life, but maybe they're stuck in sin or they're stuck in a struggle. And you know, when you're the one that's stuck, anybody ever been stuck? You can't have a good perspective on your own life. Because sometimes we for, it's been so bad, we've forgotten how we've gotten to where we've gotten. Right? And so somebody who is actually maybe questioning their spirituality and they maybe they're, they're going to come to church, they don't need somebody at the door pointing out the faults of themselves that they already know. They need somebody to love them and encourage them to come in through the doors and allow God, hear me, God to do the supernatural thing. Right? Allow God to do the supernatural thing. And as your pastor, I promise you, I am never, ever going to turn somebody away at those doors if they come desperate, hungry, and willing to take a look and hear about who Jesus is for themselves. Right? Because y'all did that for me. I shared that last week. I had a bag of clothes. That was it. And y'all took me in. Right? And that is my prayer every week since I've been pastoring this church for almost uh, two and a half years. Every week I pray, God, send us the lost. God, send us those people that nobody wants. God, send us the rejected, the hurting, the orphans in Jesus' name. You know what? And guess what? He's done that. He continues to do that. He continues to send those people to us. And if they want to follow and learn about Jesus, they can come and we will help them. Period. We will help them. Here's the thing. We can't be so self-absorbed and so self-focused on the things going on in our lives that we miss the bigger picture of what God wants to do through us. 
We all need to be at a desperate place with the Lord every day. That's your passion. That has to be your devotion to the Lord, right? You have to remind yourself that you need God, but you can't be so lost, especially if you're serving in and through the church in the midst of your own things that you lose your compassion for those out there. And if God wants to work in their lives, we can't get stuck and reject that thing that God wants to do, right? That bigger thing. And look, let's look at, let's look at Luke 5, uh, 30 through 32. And I, I love Jesus. Anybody love Jesus? Man, he's just like savage. He just drops the mic like it's hot, right? Because he's the son of God, right? The anointed, the holy one, the Messiah. And he just, he always reels it in and it brings part the bigger perspective, which is, this is a temporary home. There's something bigger about my father and he wants to do something. And it's not just about you. Say that with me. It's not just about you, right? It's about it's something bigger. And so verse 30 says, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you know, they were scholars of the, the Old Testament, knew it to the T. They could all recite it word for word, the first five books of the Bible, the Torah. That was part of becoming a Pharisee and a, a priest. You had to recite the word by word, the first five books of the Bible, but they were so engulfed with the legalism of, of, of who God was that they missed the bigger picture. Right? I don't want that to happen to us. It says, they belonged to their own sect and complained to his disciples. It says, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Anybody know the Bible says that? So why did you sit with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus was sitting and fellowshipping and teaching and discipling sinners. Jesus answered them, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. God's house is not closed to sinners. It is open to anyone. God's house, the church house, is supposed to be dealing with Hope, anybody, any hope dealers out there? Dealing hope, not judgment. The world deals enough judgment. People come here to escape the judgment because they want some hope. And Jesus said, I didn't come for the saved. I'm glad that you're saved. Keep doing what you're doing. Have the faith. Keep praying. Keep believing. Keep prophesying. Keep reading your word of God. Keep expecting that I do something. But don't lose sight of the people that need me. Because I want to grow your forever family, right? If we just get, if we get so self-absorbed and just see my life and God wants to grow this church and we're just so self-sustained, we, we're not doing outreaches, we're not doing the things, we're not loving people at the doors and bringing them in, then we will lose, not sight of the bigger picture, we will lose and miss out on our blessings uh, and, and the bigger family that God wants to grow and cultivate. And so the church house is supposed to be dealing hope and not Judgment. God's forever family is full of messed up people. Ain't none of us perfect. It breaks my heart. You know, we're, we're on social media quite a bit. Pastor Jessica a lot. Uh, but every now and again, you know, and people say this and they don't mean nothing by it, but, and they're being sweet, and, and, but they say, you know, you just seem like you have the perfect life. And I'm like, it is far from Perfect. Ain't it right? We have our squabbles. We have our fights. We, we got bills to pay. You know, we're, we're, but we're living for the Lord, right? 
The forever family that God makes is, is full of messed up people, hurting people. And we are all in this together serving a perfect God. Imagine God has given his perfect kingdom to imperfect people. Right? And so every one of us come here on Sunday not perfect, not chasing perfection, but chasing progress. Somebody say progress. Founded on his promises. Not chasing perfection, chasing spiritual progress founded on his promises. That's it. And if you want to come and you want to grow and get better, then keep coming and let's do this together. Right? We get to do this together. And that's the cool thing. And that's why God knows we need a forever family too, because I need somebody that I can fight with. I need somebody that can encourage me, that can be in the trenches with me, that can comfort me when I'm going through something tough or can give me a, a different perspective to help me see the 360 of what's really going on. You know, a lot of times, you know, we get stuck because the only voice that you hear is your own voice in your head. You're not reaching out for help, and reaching out for help does not make you weak. I think I said that last week. Asking for help is essential. You're not going to, there's certain victories you're not going to attain in your life without picking someone else's brain who's been there, done that, right? That's seen victory. That's how we get better. That doesn't make you weaker. It makes you stronger, Right? And so that's why God, he wants to do that for us. And if we choose to fight together instead of fighting alone and even against each other, see, because if I live in a place of judgment, I'll see other people as my enemy. I haven't done the things that they have. I judge them. And God the whole time is like, I want to do something in and through that relationship. And you see them, you're resisting that because you see them as, as enemy. So not only are a lot of us doing life alone, we're, we're doing life in this judgment bubble where I don't want people in and, and it keeps me secluded and, and, and alone right where the devil wants you. <laughs> right, right where the devil wants you. And if we come together, God's family will then grow, flourish, and we can advance, amen, back into the enemy territory and take back what is rightfully ours, the promised land, right? Let's look at that next point. So, to continue to see God's kingdom grow, flourish, and advance, we have to be willing to get to work. Somebody say work. work. It's going to take some work, okay? If we want to continue to see God's family grow, flourish, and advance, we got to get dirty. It's going to take some work. we got to get dirty, and we got to begin to do the hard things, I'm sorry, but that most others may not be willing to do. And the cool thing, that last little statement, what else is family for? Right? Anybody ever done some work, got dirty, got, got, done some things together with your real family that you go home to right? and accomplish something? Isn't that fun? Someone's laughing? <laughs> it's fun though, right? You're getting dirty, you're coming together, you're doing something. The kingdom of God is no different. We have to continue to do the outreaches that we've been doing. Y'all, they have been successful is the wrong word. They have been a blessing. We did coats for kids, and we did uh, the backpacks, We've, the shoes. Help me, Gina, what else have we done? The food cards. We've had over, uh, I think maybe 200 salvations all together this year just through those. 
Uh, and actually, Miss Kimberly in the back there with Miss Fluffy, she is a blessing. I'm not going to share her story, but she has been coming since we met her on the storefront here at Holly Pond at SNS Grocery. Come on, somebody. God said, there's a forever family waiting for you that she didn't even know about. I don't even think she's missed a week other than when her mom was sick. Is your mom watching online? She's watching online. We love you. We miss you. She's been sick. So, but we love you. And I, I, that's how you get dirty. That's how you get to work. That's how you grow the kingdom of God. That's, that's how you open the doors and allow people to come in, right? Family is designed to take on together the hardest thing that life has to throw at us, doing it together, and God's family is no different, okay? We have to do this together. And, and here's the cool thing, because your talents and your gifts are different than mine, right? And so... God wants to bring us together because you're good at some things that I'm bad at, and I may be good at some things that you're bad at, right? Just point blank. But so when we work together, we cover each other's blind spots. And we can come together and share ideas and share opinions. That was supposed to be funny. You know, you can share your opinions in church. You might not can on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or TikTok or whatever else, but I want your opinion. Because you see things that I don't. You experience things that I don't. You can help make this church your church and own it. You get to own where you go to church. I heard a really wise pastor, Pastor Keith Tusi. He's actually president over NRP, our network of related uh, pastors. That's what Liberty Church is a part of. He said, he's been in the ministry for probably over 50, 60 years. He says, your opinions are valued. But when you have an opinion, you always share it and always vent up the chain. Vent up. Everything vents up, right? You never vent down because when you do that, you're probably complaining to someone else who is, what do I mean down? By somebody who is spiritually behind you. And I don't mean that ugly. We're all in different seasons of where we're at, right? And, and we never vent across. We always, we vent up to somebody who will listen and can do something about it. Right? So y'all do that. You can do that. I empower you to do that, to help make our church better. Okay, Luke 10, uh, 2 verses uh, 2 and 3. It says, these were his instructions to them. The harvest is great, but what? The workers are few. So pray that the Lord who is in charge of the harvest, ask him to send more workers, somebody say more workers, into his fields, now go and remember that I am sending you out as lambs among wolves. Why is it important that you don't do life alone? Because you are called as a lamb. And Jesus sends you out among the wolves. And an alone lamb is probably a dead lamb. An alone lamb is probably a dead lamb. And so... That's a whole another dynamic to what I want to convey this morning because what I'm trying to convey is for us to grow the kingdom of God, we got to get to work and we got to get dirty and we got to do it together. We have to go by faith out there and labor for his name and love on people and encourage people and invite some people to church. I'm going to give you all some homework this week. Someone say, oh, Pastor. Y'all invite somebody new to church this week. Invite somebody new to church this week. Right? That's how we 
share the message, how we share the gospel. We're loving on people. And it's super easy. You don't even have to, you don't got to share a Bible verse. You don't got to share a scripture. You don't have to know. Just, it's a simple say, hey, what are you doing Sunday? Nothing. If you're not doing anything, come check out our church. It's really awesome. It's really easy to find. Liberty Church right on 278 in Holly Pond. Love to see you. That easy. If they say yes, they say yes. If they say no, they say no. It's super easy. I do it all the time. Y'all know I kill bullocks, right? At Target Pest Control, Monday through Friday. And I invite people to church all the time. It's what God calls us to do because the harvest is great. See the potential of what God wants to do. But the workers are few, it says. And so if we bring more people, more believers, the work that we can do is still fun, but it can, some of us can maybe carry less, a little less of the load, right? And so we have to be willing and we have to be, uh, walk and live in compassion and we have to be moved by his passions. We have to see people and value people the way God sees and values people, right? And there are a lot of lost people out there, right? We have to work together and do those things. Let's look at uh, Luke 9, 60 through 62. It says, but Jesus told them, let the spiritually dead bury their own dead. Your duty is to go and preach. I want you to underline that. Your duty is to go and preach about the kingdom of God, he says. Your duty is to go and preach about the kingdom of God. See, we can't get overwhelmed with the way that the world is right now. We can't get overwhelmed with the way the government is right now. We can't get overwhelmed with the way culture is right now. He says, let the, let the dead bury the dead. There are a lot of spiritually dead people out there that will never accept Jesus. But that doesn't change the mission of what Jesus calls me to do. He says, never mind about that. Let them do their thing. The thing I call you to do, your duty is to go and what? Preach about the kingdom of God. And you don't have to be a pastor. You don't have to be a small group leader. You don't have to be a leader in this church. Your duty is to preach about what Jesus has done in your life. Sharing your testimony. That's what God calls us to do. And when we do that, the world is a better place. And God's kingdom does grow, it does flourish, and it does advance. Let's look at verse 61. Sorry, I stopped there in the middle. It says, another said, yes, Lord, I will follow you, but let me say goodbye to my family. Jesus told him, anyone who puts a hand to the plow and then looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. Growing God's kingdom is going to take work. It's going to... It's going to be work. I don't know any other way to put it. And so to be a part of the kingdom of God, Jesus says, you have to be able to put your hand to the plow and follow him. I feel like the Lord's saying to somebody this morning, you need to forget about your past. The things that you've done, the things that you haven't done, you got to stop, excuse me, placing blame on God. It wasn't his fault. And the only way that you can enter in into this new season and the new promises of God is to put your hands to the plow and move forward. And if you allow Jesus to lead you, I promise you, you'll be blessed. You'll be favored. You'll have joy. You'll have peace. You'll have love. You'll have all the, the things that God wants to give you. right? But you have to be willing to follow Jesus into your future 
and stop staying stuck in your past. You can't, you can't follow Jesus in your future and live in your past and stay stuck at the same time. And so that's what it's going to take for us. Growing the kingdom is moving forward. Now, next point. And so as we as believers are doing this, living this out, walking these things out, sharing the gospel, inviting people to church, hoping and praying that God continue to grow our forever family, the blessings and the benefits of being a part of that family, of being a part of a home church, are limitless. I could go on and on all morning and talk about the blessings and benefits of what it means to be a part of, uh, of the kingdom of God, right? And so we have to continually and intentionally preach that message to anyone, somebody say anyone, that will listen uh, so that prodigal sons and daughters will continue to come back home. So that prodigal sons and daughters will continue to come back home. I talk about the, the blessings and the benefits of, of being a part of the kingdom of God, but that, those, those are benefits for living for God, right? The only thing that is actually going to, I believe, invite people to get connected, to really get rooted into the kingdom of God is the gospel of who Jesus Christ is. We have to preach that message continually and intentionally to anyone who will listen to us. Because you can talk about the blessings and the benefits of what God has done in your life and somebody who's a casual believer, or maybe, maybe they, they think and look at God as maybe like this genie, right? Well, I can just wish my life better. They did it for so-and-so. He's been sharing with me at work. God did all these things. And then, but what happens to that person who begins to do that and God doesn't answer that prayer because Jesus ain't Lord of their life, right? Does anybody see what I'm saying? We have to preach the message of who Jesus Christ is and nothing else. And the blessings and the benefits come along with that living for God. And when people, real people, see and hear the real Jesus, they will come home and God's family will grow. I want to read um, some um, three scriptures. Psalms 147.5, it says, great, are, great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding has no limit. His understanding and power are limitless. Psalms 103.19, the Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules what over all. There's no kingdoms below him. He is at the top. He is powerful and limitless. Jeremiah 10, 6, it says, no one is like you, Lord. You are great and your name is mighty in power. This is the message that we have to preach and convey to the world around us, to the workplaces that we work in, to our family that we go home to, uh, preaching this message of who God is and that the promise of Jesus Christ uh, is for anyone who will see, listen, and hear for themselves. Let's look at Luke uh, 15, um, 16 through 24. I said we'd be in Luke a lot today. And so the last part of that, that last point I gave you is talking about prodigal sons and daughters coming home. Are there any prodigal sons and daughters here today? A couple of your hands. I am a prodigal son without a shadow of a doubt. We're, we're going to read part of that story of the prodigal son this morning. For time's sake, we're not going to read the, the whole thing, but at verse 16, it says, he longed, we, we find the, the younger brother who has squandered his 
inheritance from his father, we find him in, in his mess, in the middle of his moment of clarity, right? It said, he longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating. But no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And I am here starving to death, thinking that the things he's feeding the pigs look good. Anybody been so engulfed in your sin, you keep feeding that sin, and you're not even realizing the filth of that sin because your flesh thinks it's good? This is where he's at. Verse 18, it says, I will set out and go back to my father. Somebody say hallelujah. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like the one of your hired servants. And so he got up and he went to his father. But while he was still a long way off approaching his father, uh, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. Somebody say celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is now alive again. He was lost and is now found. So they began to celebrate. When a lost soul, when a person comes back to the Father, I'm, I'm talking spiritually now, to God, heaven rejoices. God throws a party, and he doesn't judge them where they're at. He says, if you just come, we can work on the stuff. I want to celebrate you and love you because I see and recognize that you left because you were hurting and broken. There was something broken inside of you, and I'm glad that you came back. We can work on those things. And we're going to love you and celebrate you for where you are. When a lost son or daughter comes home, the father rejoices. Look at that last point. Every day, somebody say every day, lost souls are deciding to come back home. We're seeing this happen on Sunday mornings here at LCHP and LCA, I guess, Arab. We're seeing those things. And people are coming home at other churches. There are so many amazing, great churches out there doing the hard things. But we can't judge. We must celebrate and not forget where we come from. Each soul that decides to come back to God only help make this forever family bigger, richer, and stronger than ever. Bigger, richer, and stronger than ever. I can't stand in a place of judgment seeing God work in somebody's life. I, God, I've been here. I've been doing all the right things. Uh, and my blessing hasn't come yet, and you're blessing so-and-so. We can't live that way. Stay faithful. Stay thankful. Stay filled up. How do you stay filled up? you got to feed yourself the Word of God. Stop feeding yourself in other places of the devil. Because it's the desperation that God responds to. Don't forget where you came from. What God did for your life. Does anybody know the rest of that, that story that we just read? Out of Luke. The other brother. The one that did the right things. Right? What was he? 
He was jealous. Jealous ain't a good look. And the Lord was showing me this week as I was studying and preparing that if we're not careful, and I, 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 I'm trying to work my, my life out and I'm trying to get so spiritually mature, right, that I lose sight and I become like the older brother. Even a prodigal son can forget where he came from and try for this spiritual maturity and become like the older, judgmental brother. And so I feel like the Lord's saying, be thankful for where you are. We're all in different seasons. We're all in different places. We're all running the same race, but different races at the same time. And so we celebrate with our brothers and sisters. We celebrate victories. We help people through the struggles. And we do it together as a family. If I'm living in a place of jealousy, how can I minister alongside you? Right? That's not real love. That's not the love of God. We need to encourage each other and celebrate each other. The last scripture I want to give you is Matthew 7, verse 1 through 5. A little more, uh, a last word on judgment. It says, do not judge or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye. Let me help you. I see what's wrong with your life. Let me help you. Right? But when all the time there's a plank in my own eye, I'm so blind from my own sin and my own selfishness, my own pride and my own judgment that I don't see how messed up I am. He says, you hypocrite, first take the plank out of your eye and then you'll see clearly. Somebody say, see clearly. You will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Just because we have the ability to judge doesn't mean that we're called to. Just because I have that ability to measure your life next to mine does not mean that I'm called to do that. I'm called to live and chase after Jesus, model my life after him, try and be the best version of Ian today. Hopefully it's better than the version of Ian yesterday. And I hope tomorrow the version of Ian, who he is in Christ, is better than the one I've demonstrated today, right? That's progress. And when I do that, I can see clearly and I can walk in love and I can walk in acceptance. And when I do that, God's kingdom grows. His forever family is stronger, it's bigger, and it's richer. Amen. That's my heartbeat for our church. Does anybody receive it? Man, I hope that's your heartbeat too, that we will love others where they are. Amen. Y'all want to join me in prayer this morning as get ready to close? So I want you just to get, get still before the Lord. I got a specific prayer I feel like the Holy Spirit wants me to pray for, for our church, and that's just clear vision. You know, we just come off our fast. It feels like it was a long time ago already. We're almost in the middle of February. We've kicked off this new year. And we need clear vision. Do you know how the world gets better? When the church, I'm talking the global church, has clear vision. How do we get that? We need to be in the word of God. We need to see the world the way God sees it. And so if you just want to have a clear vision for your life this morning, a clear vision for your family, for your ministry, for your workplace, if you're a business owner maybe, and you're trying to go to the next level, you're trying to give 
back to God more and more. You just need clear vision. You want to be refilled this morning. I want you just to lift your hands. You want to be filled up with his presence this morning. And I just want to impart blessing to those hands. Hallelujah, we have responsive church, a church on fire, a church alive this morning. Father, God, I thank you for these hands. God, I don't know their needs, but I know that you do. God, I thank you that you're the provider. You're our substance. God, you don't have needs. You don't have struggles, God. You, you, you know how to take care of things. Lord, I thank you that Jesus Christ is on the case in Jesus' name. Lord, I say restored marriages in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus, that you're on the case. Lord, I, I see restored joy and hope in Jesus' name. I thank you, Jesus, that you're on the case. Lord, I see uh, new levels, new devils in Jesus' name. A new wisdom for the word of God in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. Jesus Christ is on the case. He's on it. He's working on it. Amen. If you're here this morning, I want you to stay in prayer. If you know Lord, uh, the Lord as your Savior, your personal Savior, I want you right now to pray for the lost. I want you to cry out, God, we want to see the kingdom grow today. But if you're here today and the Lord is not your Savior, what does that mean? If you have been just doing life your way, answering the questions your own way and, and, and doing life your own way, and you know what, but you feel more depressed and more discouraged day in and day out. And you want to be filled with not just his peace, but his love and his acceptance this morning. I want you to know that heaven wants to rejoice and throw a party if you come home today. God says, what are you waiting for? What has taken you so long? I love you. I accept you. And so if you want to make that decision today, you want to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior today, and you can enter into heaven one day when this life passes away, Right now is your moment. I promised you earlier there would be a moment to, for you to do that today, and that moment has come. Right now, if you want to do that, I want you to stand up. Stand up right now wherever you're at. I promise you, no one's looking at you. No one's judging you this morning. We are actually praying for you if that's you. If we have somebody like that this morning, all you have to do is stand up. If you say, Pastor Ian, I'm shy. I don't want to. Why do I have to stand up? You have to stand up because... Bible says, if you deny me in front of men, I'll deny you in front of my Father and heaven's hosts on that day when God judges us. And so you got to do something about it. If God's speaking, I'll give you a few more seconds. If you want to make that decision today, amen. Amen. Well, hallelujah, Lord, I thank you for our church. God, I thank you for each and every person here today. I thank you that based on our faith and our deeds this morning, we've shown ourselves all saved, all born again, and hallelujah, Lord. I know you've come to save not the righteous God, but to law, the lost. And we're thankful that we're saved, that we know the truth, God. And we will go forward and we will preach and do our duty, the gospel of that message. We'll do it with joy. We'll do it with thankfulness, God. And we'll do it in love. Lord, and I thank you for that. God, I seal that work. Thank you for doing church today with our forever family. God, be with us as we go. We love you and we thank you. We ask this in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. Amen. Give Jesus a big hand this morning. Amen. Well, we love y'all very much, okay? Uh, y'all are dismissed. Anybody glad you came to church today? A few of you? Hallelujah. We're glad you came too, okay? Y'all come back and see us next week, all right? Uh, we love you. Have Valentine's Day. Y'all are dismissed.